Welcome to the People of Packaging Podcast. I am so glad you are here. This is Adam Peak. I am your host. You can find me at Packaging Pastor on TikTok or PackagingPastor.com. Listen, this show would not be made possible without some incredible companies and people, including you, our longtime sponsor, Specrite. Specrite wants you to imagine a world without waste. They were just named one of Fast Company's most innovative companies. That is incredible. Packaging is truly amazing. Go learn more at specrite.com, S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T.com. And also our newest sponsor, Spark Packaging. If you need contract to hire support or you're looking to hire directly for industry professionals, Spark Packaging can help. You can go to Spark Packaging Inc. That's S P A R K P A C K A G I N G I N C dot com backslash hiring. And if you're like, I'm driving, I can't write that down. It's cool. It's in the show notes, anyways. Spark Packaging Inc. dot com backslash hiring. They're there to answer your questions, and a team member will reach out ASAP. Whether you talk to Specrite or Spark Packaging, whatever it is, or if you just go to my website, just let them know that I have sent you. Okay. How's that for, that's the shortest, most condensed version that I can get. I'm going to be coming out with some more member only premium content. I've been teasing this for a while. Uh, and make sure that you're signed up at my Substack page as well, building a community of packaging professionals who want to build online together. You can do that at packagingisawesome.com. Okay. Enough. It's been two minutes. Let's get to this next episode. Hey, good morning, everyone. We are back here on day two at the TLMI. I've added uh, the hats here in the front. Uh, uh, day two of the TLMI converter meeting. And uh, Calvin, so you know, I put out on LinkedIn, I said, who should I talk to when I'm at the converter meeting? And you were the only one mentioned. <laughs> uh, Roz, hopefully Roz is feeling better. And Roz, if you're able to watch, uh, please uh, jump in here. But uh, Roz Bandy, who is uh, you know a good friend of mine, and I know a friend of yours, suggested you, uh, and and Ginny Gandy said you need to have you need to have Calvin Frost. That's she doesn't it. have any choice. She doesn't. <laughs> she does not have a choice. Uh, and Ginny and the label leaders of uh, Tomorrow are doing a great job. Uh, and Ginny was actually on my podcast as well. So I'm joined by Calvin Frost, who I was told would be the best guest I've ever had. So no pressure. But uh, you, I, I was told you're going to have a great the, time. I'll certainly be the most controversial. Okay. All right. Well, that's what that's what uh, controversy stirs uh, engagement. So I'm excited to hear all about it. Um, so welcome to the People Packaging Podcast. Thank and you. Uh, we're here on on LinkedIn. We're on YouTube, and we're on Facebook. And uh, encourage people to jump in with comments if you're able to watch this live, uh, or they can watch it recorded, or if you're listening to it on the podcast. Uh, hopefully people can connect up with you as well. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? We've got a whole bunch of things and areas we can go and talk sure. about. So we'd love to know more about you first. Um, I got into the industry uh, by chance. And that would have been in the uh, late, I would say mid 80s. Okay. And I had left corporate America and um, made change careers. 
and got into the recycling industry. And our focus in those days was on paper. And I kind of earned my master's degree in running a small business, learning by mistakes, and eventually got fired. And we moved to Chicago in the mid-70s and then started Channeled Resources. Uh, we started as a traditional recycler. And the, the, the industry is still what it was then. It's very volatile. Prices go up, demand goes up, and then it crashes. So you have these huge cycles. And it's incredibly difficult to build a business and to borrow money based on markets that you have no control of. And so eventually, in one of those down cycles, uh, I began to look at other ways we could earn a living. And uh, by chance, uh, found some materials that were going to the landfill in very large volumes. Had no idea what it was. And over six months or so, figured out uh, that it was material that could be resold. And what it was, was paper with polyethylene on it and silicone on top of the PE, basically a release liner. Mm -hmm. And the volumes were substantial. And over a period of another, let's say, year or so, we developed markets for this. And I began to realize that our business needed to change. And so the model for recycling changed to recycling non-recyclables. And today, that's still what we do. We only work with coated, treated, laminated papers and films. We then moved forward and, and uh, developed relationships with large corporations like 3M, Avery Dennison, and we began to take their materials in. And of course, these were laminates. And the covenants that they required us to agree to were that we would not landfill any byproduct that we couldn't reprocess. The volumes were substantial and trying to figure out what to do with this stuff. You could bring it in, salvage, let's say 60%, 20 to 25%. You could sell offshore to third world countries, but there's still another 10 to 15%. And what do you do with that? Whether it was a silicone coated release liner or an actual pressure sensitive substrate, there were no markets for these materials. And so eventually I got very involved with energy. And today, uh, that is where I'm really, really focused. But the evolution, it seems to me, was very natural progression. And I began to realize that our industry, and I'm talking now about the label industry, the pressure-sensitive label industry, is at risk. Mm. It's at risk because the substrate is not very friendly. I mean, we can recycle the release liner. We actually can recycle the face stock, but the adhesive in general, renders it a non-recyclable material. Mm -hmm. Then, if you fast forward in the early 90s, mid-90s, I was asked to be on a, a task force with the USPS, United States Postal Service. Right. They wanted to switch their stamp from glue applied, where you lick it, right, and apply it to the envelope. To it tastes a, disgusting. Yeah. It's <laughs> You're right. To a pressure-sensitive. Uh, substrate. And they were convinced, though, that it had to be recyclable. Because even that glue applied stamp is recyclable, but the pressure sensitive, because of the adhesive, was not. So over a two-year period, uh, there were about 13 of us 
from the pressure sensitive industry. Avery was very active on this group. Uh, some adhesive companies like Franklin in Columbus, Ohio. I was the token recycler, but together 3M was part of this and there were, there were others. Uh, together we created uh, what we call benign technology and that adhesive and I'll explain what benign means that that adhesive was recyclable okay. because it stays in large pieces when the paper industry gets it. So benign to them meant that they could say to the public, this pressure sensitive technology is actually recyclable. And, and today, you know, fast forward 20 or 25 years, uh, uh, we've been using this technology for years. The pressure sensitive industry, whether it's Avery or Rafflatac or 3M, has this technology. We actually, I was just sitting at a, a, a round table uh, at the TLMI meeting. Stirring up trouble, I heard. Stirring up trouble. Yeah. And <clears throat> I kept asking everybody, what is the problem with label, label recycling? You know, if the liner is recyclable, which we now know it is, okay, and the face stock is recyclable, what's the problem the problem of course and they just looked at me like deer in the headlights and i i had then you called and i had to leave i'm so sorry so yeah i'm so sorry the people were waiting though they, and i yeah. said i said to them the problem is the adhesive the traditional adhesives that we use acrylic and hot novel are not friendly they do the job but they're not friendly the benign technology that the industry has, that Avery helped develop, that 3M helped develop, those are friendly, hmm. but we don't use them. Interesting. And the reason we don't use them, cost. Oh, and it's not function? The... No, it's, okay. it's, it's cost. And, and what happens is if we have scale and we have large volumes, the cost will go down and we can be competitive. But if we have just applications like the postage stamp, we're never going to be competitive. We're never going to use that technology that will make us a more friendly industry. So then you kind of put all this together and here I am, the recycling guy, and then I'm working with non-recyclable substrates. And then I began to realize that I really think the label industry, the pressure sensitive label industry is at risk. And I believe that today, if we don't change our habits, if we don't clean up the problems that we've created, I think the industry long-term is at risk. Procter & Gamble, Nestle, um, Kraft uh, Heinz, mm -hmm. these people are buying pressure sensitive labels at some point because sustainability is now driving it. EPR is now coming in, extended producer responsibility. All of these factors, are going to push our technology to change or we're going to be out. And glue applied is gonna be back yep. because it's friendlier. Yep. So uh, to me, some of the things that we've been working on, liner recycling, that's an easy one. We've been recycling liners for years and years and years. The complicated part is collecting it. Right. The complicated part are, are, are there are two, two problems with liner recycling, just two logistics and packaging. It's as simple as that. We can figure this stuff out, right? But getting the industry to focus on those on solutions for those two issues, logistics and packaging, that's been really complicated. I want to take a quick break here to remind you 
of our sponsor, Go Ruby, G-O-R-U-V-I dot com. We know it can be hard to eat enough fruits and vegetables. They take time to prep, they're messy, and they don't always taste good. But without them, you lack energy and vitality. Ruby is an easier, tastier way to get your fruits and veggies. You simply pour the freeze-dried powder into a shaker bottle with water. You shake and drink. My family and I have been just devouring these things since the first time we got them. Such a simple way when you're on the go to get the nutrients that you need. So remember, it's GoRuvy.com. Use promo code PACKAGING to get 15% off. GoRuvy.com, promo code packaging. Let's get back to the interview. So there was a good Q&A this morning on liners. Jim Shively ran that. Yep. And I've spent lots. He is, he's terrific. Yeah. Um, And and I've spent a lot of time with Jim and Jim has brought some real good changes to the industry, but we're still, you know, backwards when it comes to solving the two basic problems, logistics and packaging. So let me go back to the, uh, first of all, that's a, Tremendous backstory. Hopefully it's helpful uh, for those of you who might be listening or watching when we're talking about because uh, not everyone's in the label industry, right? It's a right. it's a packaging podcast. So uh, pressure sensitive label is going to be carried on what's called a liner. That liner has a silicone release on it. If it's uh, or if you're paper or PET, uh, there's a face stock and that liner is what 50% of the the waste, right? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a, it's a good amount. Um, we have solutions. We had a whole session about recycling that liner, whether it's paper or PET. Um, and I agree with you. I, I think that that's a very solvable problem. Um, I actually, I asked the question about EPR and if that was going to kind of creep into the, the was scope. that you asking a question? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the answer was Jim Chagley said no. And I wanted to stand up and shout. Yes, I think it will be. Absolutely. It will be. Yeah. It, it is going to take time to trickle down, but eventually, you know, Avery Dennison and Raffle Attack and 3M, they're going to be faced with people coming back to them saying, what do I do with this stuff? Yeah, you can cuss if you need to. (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to do with this stuff? Yeah. Avery (laughs) is going to have to figure it out. Yeah. So EPR is definitely going to affect what's happening in the packaging industry. And I have to say, I forgot we were talking about packaging in general and you know we can talk about anything i'm just but i but i i I think you make a valid point the packaging industry is fascinating um because you're using so many different substrates it isn't just pressure sensitive it's it's flexible packaging Mm -hmm. that's not a very friendly material either no it's a multi-layered substrate it's not recyclable what do you do with it there's a hell of a lot of it around right and, and so I think we, we really need to change the way we think when it comes to working with these di- different, uh, different materials. So on the adhesive question, I guess I'm trying to figure this out. So if I have, let's say I have a, uh, uh, Amazon, you know, shipping envelope, that's all paper-based. Right. And, uh, and I go to recycle that and it's got five labels on it's got the spool label it's got the shipping label it's got the whatever labels you're talking about the box itself no i'm talking about just well either a box or uh because they have these all paper paper mailers that are oh okay okay so either one right okay yep and you're telling you're saying that wherever that label is on on the on the direct thermal thermal transfer label that adhesive is 
by and large non-recyclable. That is correct. And we can make it such that it is recyclable. That is correct. Interesting. So then wherever that label is on the on the paper, when it gets recycled, that's just all landfilled currently. And we can make it so that it's not landfilled. The what happens in the repulping process, and we're talking paper now, not film. Yep. Um, what happens in the in the uh, paper manufacturing process is that the traditional adhesives, hot melt and and acrylics, uh, will um, uh, disintegrate into smaller pieces, and they'll go through the the felts. They'll go through the screens, and those adhesives will then cause contamination in the paper. Now we can use it in brown grades, uh, um, uh, corrugated. Yep. And and uh, we're we're able to uh, withstand some contamination in that kind of material, but if we have the technology that will keep the adhesive in a large piece, so I can catch it on that screen, and I can put it in my wastewater. I'll keep it, you know, I'll keep it away from the new paper that I'm making. Oh, got that it. That okay. is that is the key to this benign technology. The adhesive stays in a large piece. So we can screen it off. The traditional adhesives uh, are affected by the heat, then they become small, and they get through the screens, and they go right onto the paper. Interesting. <clears throat> okay. So, um, I, I had an idea on flexible packaging, and I, I just lost it. But that's my that's my mistake. And you know, blame it, it on the interviewer. You know, it, it, I think I think the interesting thing about packaging today is. Oh, I know it was on sleeve packaging and we had, we heard a lot this morning about sleeve packaging and the growth. It's really substantial. We'll start thinking about this sleeve packaging is really double packaging. I'm very much against sleeve packaging. Okay. And the reason we have so much sleeve packaging is the marketing guy, the Nestle's, the Procter and Gamble, they love it because you see the, uh, the market uh, message, 360 degrees. They think that's wonderful. Well, when we talk about recycling, it's it's not good. And first of all, you're putting a sleeve around a plastic container. And so the image, the marketing message, it seems to me, uh, from a sustainability point of view, we're better served to put the message directly on the container, not to add another composite to it. That's what sleeve packaging is all about. Now, it's cheap, it's easy, it's efficient. I'm taking a film and then I vacuum form it. It looks great, but it causes recycling issues, number one. And number two, it's double packaging. We don't need that sleeve. Print directly on the container or put a pressure-sensitive label on the container. Right. So, you know, when we start talking about some of these technologies, it's great. The the, the the really interesting part is from a, a technology point of view, from a sustainability point of view, the end user has to be part of the discussion. Yep. And they I'll give you one example, and this is really interesting. So we have problems when we, when we um, use materials for energy. The basic problem is chlorine. Chlorine causes emissions and we're out of spec with uh, EPA, we have to meet standards. We're trying to compete with coal and the products that we use, the, the matrix and the flexible packaging that go into our fuel 
All of those have to meet an EPA emission standard. Okay. Chlorine causes a problem. What we had, we had a supplier shipping us 300 tons a month of their matrix. And we had to stop it because the tests that we found uh, showed very, very high levels of chlorine. When we finally drilled down into this, we found out that this company was using a chlorine-based ink. Hmm. Then we found out that the reason they were using it is that the color was a very deep red, and that's what the marketing company wanted. So when we begin to look at these problems, we have to bring in all parts of the of the value chain. Right. From the, the end user to the manufacturer to the recycler. To, say, the to the energy, to the recycler. Everything. And there's a really great example where um, this ink, and we were unable to get them to change, by the way. Mm. We had no direct relationship with the end user. It was the label company that had that relationship. And they were told by the, the end user that uh, they didn't want to change. Wow. But look what they did to this whole value chain. Right, right. Um, that's that's. I mean, I tend to wander a little bit because of honestly, the my career has been so it, it, it's all been directed towards recycling. Okay. And I have so many stories. The Marlboro cigarette pack was another great example of material that originally we could not recycle because of that ink. We couldn't disperse the ink. It was a beater dyed uh, paper board. Huh. So the ink, the pigment was actually in the board itself. And in those days, uh, we, we, we were unable to recycle it. Now that's changed, we've improved, technology's changed. But those little vignettes, one was the ink for this particular label company, mm -hmm. and the other one was the Marlboro cigarette, um, where there's no discussion by the end user of what happens to all the byproduct. Right, right. and. Um... You know, also thinking about the, uh, I talk a lot on on social media and on the podcast about not only is the material recoverable, is it sortable, but then also does it have value for the people to do something with it and then to resell it? Are, are there valuable in markets? Because if there's not, you know, uh, recycling is an altruistic, it's not a nonprofit. Right. Someone's got to be able to make money. Right. And if there's no way to make money, then it's it doesn't matter how you know easy it is to recycle if they can't do anything with it it's likely just going to end up in a landfill because That's right. there's so taking into account all of this I mean the other day I shared a um, a photo from I think it was uh, uh, plastics today or plastic news and it showed the current rate of clear clean you know PET flakes and then um, color yep. PET flakes. Yep. And it was, you know, this was twice as valuable as this. Yep. Absolutely. And, and brands don't know this, right? <clears throat> they're 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 not, I think they're getting to know it. And the Sprite campaign, I think, really helped illuminate that when they changed from green to clear. But uh, I I and I'm excited to hear Steve Alexander today who's going to be speaking. I don't um, know if Steve has made it though. It, I oh. thought he was having some maybe he made it. Okay. Well, I hopefully, Steve, we'll, we'll go back and we'll find him. Hopefully, you make yeah. it because uh, I would. I would love to. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear him uh, from the uh, from the APR. 
talk about, you know, the various things, but, um, I, I just think this whole conversation is fascinating and we're getting here near the end of our time. And I do want to talk about the frosty awards. Oh, because, uh, if, for those of you who don't know, TLMI gives out awards, uh, is it every year? I think Yep. that are, uh, to, to, uh, companies who are leading the charge in sustainability. And I found out that they're named because of the work that you've done in your career. And well, I'm, I'm very humbled by that. Um, and it was a surprise when I heard about it a number of years ago. <clears throat> and I understand they're going <coughs> to, pardon me, I understand they're going to change the image because the logo is supposed to be a picture of me. Well, it, it some, looks like some little old man. <laughs> and, and <laughs> so it doesn't bother me at all. But I, I, what I, I, I'm grateful for and honored for is that <clears throat> all of a sudden sustainability is now something that is meaningful. I mean, really, it's interesting. TLMI, as a trade organization, never had a person focused on sustainability. And a number of years ago, <clears throat> they finally recognized this as a weekend, uh, as a weakness. Mm -hmm. And they have employed probably one of the most noted uh, people in the industry with in vast knowledge on recycling and on reuse and so on. So that's Roz Bandy. Yeah, Roz. And um, <clears throat> she has really helped the organization and the industry to uh, drive change. And, and that's terrific. So all of that's happened over, say, a 20-year period, 25-year period. Yeah. And I'm just grateful that the industry has begun to change, not just here, <clears throat> but also in Europe. And, and it, it, it's really terrific. Well, I think, you know, sustainability is about obviously so many things, but when I think about yourself and kind of sustaining the work that you've done, you know, not only through the Frosty Awards, but, you know, now there's there's four sustainability committees yeah. with right. TLMI. Right. Uh, you know, I, I like I mentioned, I had your, your granddaughter was, you know, she's part of the label leaders of tomorrow and she's leading the charge with that. Um, you know, it's got to feel so fulfilling to know that all of this work i'm sure there are days and weeks and months you know 20 years ago when you're like is anyone going to do anything about this is anyone going to listen and now you know sit here in lovely st petersburg florida and be able to you know see the award show the awards tonight and and see all these people who are coming together it's got to be super fulfilling and rewarding to you yeah so. i think even more fulfilling is the fact that I really think that the efforts uh, have have created change. Yep. <clears throat> There's a focus on sustainability. We didn't have that years ago. Honestly, sustainability wasn't even a word in our vocabulary. And we have that now. The paper industry is more focused on it. Uh, the <clears throat> And I'm not saying I'm responsible for that. But I think there's been a swell, a, a great a storm of, of in, in increased uh, visibility about this whole thing, end of life, circularity, all of these words have popped up in the last two, three, four years. And I'm just think that that's great. I mean, we are now seeing change. Yep. I love it. Yep. Um, well, Calvin, thank you so much for Thanks, sharing Adam. even a few stories. <clears throat> I really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm sorry for the stories. No. Oh, don't do not apologize <laughs> for those. Uh, everyone stay tuned. I'm going to uh, keep coming here, bringing in some great guests. Uh, no one will be better than Calvin, but we'll see if someone can step uh -huh. up to the plate. 
and uh, and help it out. Appreciate you uh, watching and and tuning in. Oh, we had we had a comment here from India actually, so we'll give a shout out here to uh, Ranyan Nandi from the Indian packaging industry to wow. uh, listen to us chat. So wow. uh, there you go. Uh, appreciate everyone. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, congrats! You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.